In today's episode, we'll be discussing launch math, the science of calculating the potential results of your launch long before you ever run your first ad, send your first email, or even possibly create your product. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. You're trying to build a business, but what exactly is a business? Well, Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it like this, a commercial activity engaged in as a means of livelihood, a trade. As entrepreneurs, we're in the business of creating value and trading it with others. As individuals, we place different values on different things. For example, one person might place a higher value on a boat than a car, and another might place a higher value on the car than the boat. So they trade, and each is satisfied. Free trade is what we often call a win-win situation. As businesses, the way we trade is by offering the value, that is products, we create up for sale. And if we offer them at prices that are equal to or less than the value placed on these products by certain individuals, then those individuals choose to purchase, trading their dollars for our products. All that to say, the main business of running a business is selling products. That's how you engage in trade, serve your customers, and earn a livelihood, fulfilling the definition of business. But the business of trading, that is selling, often seems like quite a mystery. What should we sell? How can we market our products? And at the end of the day, how can we convince people to buy them? But when you understand that people always buy products they desire, whenever the price falls below their perceived value of the product, the issue becomes much simpler and less emotionally charged. It turns out that making sales is less about convincing people to buy and more about explaining the benefits of your product and finding a mutually agreeable price. This month on the podcast, we're looking at four different aspects of launching products online. One of the most common ways digital entrepreneurs, like you, sell their goods to the public. In today's episode, we'll be discussing launch math, the science of calculating the potential results of your launch long before you ever run your first ad, send your first email, or even possibly create your product. So you might be wondering right now, what exactly is launch math? Well, in short, launch math uses a series of formulas to predict the potential results of your product launch. You can plug in your numbers, such as the size of your email list, your reach on social media, or the number of people who register for your webinar, and known marketing industry standard conversion rates into these formulas to create predictions about exactly how much you'll earn when you launch your product. In this episode, I'm going to be teaching you those formulas as well as the industry standards for conversion rates to use in your formulas and how to plug your numbers, the variables, into these equations to estimate your future launch results. So 
you might be wondering, what exactly are the benefits of launch math? Why do you want to go through these calculations? Because it might be sounding like a lot of work and you don't really understand the payoff. Well, the first big benefit I see of using launch math is that it can really create realistic expectations and help you to avoid disappointment. I remember when I went into my first launch, I was expecting to get some really big, remarkable results. I had heard all these stories of six-figure lunches, and even though I had practically no audience myself, I still felt like with the right strategies, surely I could you know, come somewhere close to that mark. And then I didn't make a single sale at all. But if I'd used launch math, then I would have been able to set far more realistic expectations. And in fact, I would have seen that the chance were slim that I was going to be making any sales. So I would have gone into it with the right expectations and avoided that disappointment. Another reason why launch math is so beneficial is because it can help you decide whether or not to create a particular product. You might have an idea for a product, but you're not really sure for sure if there's demand for that product. Well, using a little bit of launch math can really help you to predict your results before you launch or before you even create the product and help you to make that decision. Another benefit of the launch math is it can help you decide how much to invest in your launch. When you see the potential results, then you will have an idea of your estimated revenue and your profits, and that can help you to decide how much it's really worth investing in your launch, both in terms of money, but also in terms of time and energy. And finally, it can help you to set realistic goals for your launch. So this is similar to having realistic expectations, but I think it's a little bit different because here I'm talking about you being able to set target goals for your launch so that you can really work towards those goals and be motivated by those goals, but knowing that those goals are realistic and they're not just your hopes and your dreams for the launch. They're not just what you want, but you actually have a reason to expect that you will be able to reach those goals. So now that you understand all the benefits of launch math, I want to assure you that these calculations are not very difficult. In fact, each of them only really involves a little bit of multiplication. So once you understand how to plug in the numbers, you can use a calculator, do a little bit of multiplication, and in a matter of minutes, you'll be able to predict the results of your launch. So lots of benefits, very little effort here. So the first thing that you need to do or know in order to be successful with your launch math and figure out these equations is you need to know what you're trying to figure out. Ultimately, you're trying to figure out how much revenue or more specifically profit your launch is going to generate. However, there are equations that can help you figure out kind of the intermediary steps that will lead you from where you are right now to eventually making that profit. For example, you will need to generate leads. You might need to convert those leads into perhaps webinar registrants. You might need to figure out the clicks on your ads. And then eventually you need to convert those leads into buyers. So you need to calculate your leads. You need to calculate your buyers. And then you need to calculate how much revenue that will actually generate. And finally, how much profit that revenue will actually amount to. So that's the first thing is with each of these equations, you need to have the end in mind. Second is you need to have the equations. Now we'll be getting into the specifics of those in just a few minutes, but I just want you to know you need to have the equations. And I think once you understand these equations, once I go through them, they will make a lot of sense to you. And you might even come up with more equations that you want to use to figure out other aspects of your launch. 
The next thing I wanted to talk about is the important variables. So the variables are the numbers that you plug into the equations that are your own numbers. And as you can guess by the name variables, these are things that vary. You might have an email list of 100 people or you might have a list of 5,000 people. And so depending on your situation, that number will vary. And of course, over time, that number is going to vary. So these are numbers I can't supply you with because they will be unique to you but you will plug these variables into the equations. Some specific numbers that I want you to have on hand, maybe you don't have them on hand quite yet, but you will need to figure them out or create them over time. The first one is launch list. So this is the list of people who you are launching to. It is not the total cumulative size of your audience online. It is the specific segment of that audience that you can contact directly and who you believe, you have a reason to believe, is particularly interested in your product. So in order for you to be able to contact them directly, most often that means that you have their email address. However, it might mean that you have their phone number or that you can contact them directly on social media. And by that, I would mean something like a DM, a direct message. So you need to be able to contact them directly and you need to know that they are specifically interested in your product. So if you are using email, for example, that means that your launch list is probably not your entire email list, but it's a specific segment or segments of your email list that you, again, believe to be particularly interested in your product. And the reason I make that distinction is because quite possibly you have different segments of people on your email list who joined your email list in different ways and for different reasons. You probably serve more than one specific type of person in your business. And so with the particular product that you're selling, you need to make sure that you are selling it to the right segment of that list and of your audience. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't tell everyone about the new product because there might be people in other segments of your list or people who are just following you on social media who are in fact interested in that outcome that your product creates, even if they aren't on that particular launch list. But your launch list is that core group of people who you, again, know that you can contact directly and you know they are particularly interested in your product. And the reason why this launch list number is so important is because it is going to be a key predictor of your outcomes of your launch. If you don't know the size of your launch list, you don't know what your results will be. Maybe you don't know because you don't have a launch list and that is okay, but that is a strong indicator that your launch likely will not produce very significant results. So if you can grow this launch list, whether it is a waiting list for the product that you are releasing, or it is a list of people who have opted in for some free resource that you offer on your website that is directly related to the product, or perhaps it's a list of people who have signed up for a webinar related to the thing that your product helps people with, the result that your product creates. Any of those different ways someone might join your list would put them on your launch list. And I also wanna make one more clarification and that's just that your launch list isn't necessarily its own unique thing labeled launch list. It might just be um, on your list, you have different forms that people have signed up for to join your list. And you know that all the people who joined your waiting list and registered for your webinar, those people comprise your launch list. So the launch list is more of an internal metric, not something that you are putting out publicly and asking people, do you want to join my launch list? 
Okay, so the next important variable is specifically webinar registrants. Now, of course, not everyone uses webinars when they sell products, even if they're selling products online. However, as we are going to talk about a little bit later, webinars do tend to create the highest conversion rates when you're launching online. And so if you are using a webinar to launch, which I would recommend most, but certainly not all people do, then you'll need to know how many people registered for your webinar. The next number would be webinar attendees. So of the people who registered for your webinar, how many people actually showed up and watched the presentation? Then we have cart clicks and slash views. So these are people who actually visited the shopping cart to purchase your product. These could potentially be people who just visited the sales page. It depends on how you have your sales pages and carts structured, but it's basically going to be people who clicked the buy button or the learn more button to go and find out all the final details, including the price of your product and decide whether or not to buy. And then finally, of course, you have the number of sales, the people who click the checkout button or the buy now button at the bottom of the registration form or the checkout page or the cart page and actually complete their purchase so that they receive the product and you receive the payment for the product. So these are the five, six or so numbers that you will need to have. Now, of course, before you launch, you will not have all of those numbers. Some of these numbers we're actually going to be calculating. However, if you've launched in the past, then you will probably have all of these numbers or at least all the ones that are relevant to your situation. And so you can use those numbers to help predict your future launch results even more accurately. And of course, to compare your previous launch results to your future launch results. So each time that you launch, you will create some of these numbers, uh, the ones that you don't have yet. You'll figure out those cart clicks, you'll figure out those sales and so on. And then you can more easily compare each launch to the last and figure out what is working and what is not and what you can change to improve your results in the future. So aside from your unique variables that are your own numbers, we also have these conversion coefficients. So the coefficients are the numbers that the variables get multiplied by. So for example, if your email list has a thousand people on it, then 1000 would be your variable. And then if we use a coefficient of say 1% as a standard conversion rate, then we could multiply 1000 times that 1% conversion coefficient, and we would come up with a number of 10, which might be perhaps 10 sales. So that's a little bit about how the conversion coefficients work and how you're going to use them in the formula. So let's talk a little bit about these different conversion coefficients, and then I'll show you how to plug them into the equations. So if you are in a situation right now where you can pull out a pen and paper, you might want to do that, or you could jot these down on your phone. And of course, we will include the written version of these conversion coefficients along with this episode so that you can refer to those. We'll include them in the show notes because there are quite a few numbers here and they're not gonna be numbers you just remember, but I want to right now explain them to you so that you can refer back to the numbers and understand them. So the first one is your email sales conversion rate. So what this is, is this the standard conversion rate for trying to sell something via email. If you send emails out to your email list and you tell people, we've got a new product, it's available for sale, do you wanna buy it? Buy it now. You say things like this to them, of course, much more eloquently than that, then 
what percentage of them can you expect to purchase your product? So I want to preface this by saying these are just industry standards. These are just what I commonly see and what other people who sell their products online commonly see. There are certainly people who experience uh, conversion rates outside of this range. So this is not at all an absolute, but this is what we most commonly see. For that email sales conversion rate, we most commonly see somewhere between 0.1% and 2%. So what that would mean is if you sold your products to an email list of a thousand people, we would expect you to see somewhere between one sale and 20 sales. One sale would be that 0.1% and 20 sales would be that 2%. And the default conversion rate, the default average conversion rate would be half a percent. And so half a percent would be five sales. You send a thousand people emails asking them to buy a product and you would most commonly expect to see about five sales. Now, what different sorts of things could affect this conversion rate? The main things are how engaged your email list is with you, their relationship with you, and how interested they are in the product. Now, it doesn't matter how much your audience loves you, if you ask them to buy something they are completely uninterested in, they will not purchase it. None of them will purchase it if none of them are interested in it. Now, of course, you might have some random people on your list who happen to be interested in that product, even though that's not why they signed up for your list. But in, on, in general, you're not going to see any sales at all. Now, if you sell them something that is perfectly aligned with what they want and you have a great relationship with them, a very two-way relationship, and they really trust you and like you, then you could expect to see that 2% conversion rate via email. Now, you might be wondering why more people don't purchase. There are a variety of reasons for this. First of all, because these are averages. And so even if on average you have a great relationship with your list and they are on average very engaged, that doesn't mean every single individual in your audience is in fact engaged. And it doesn't mean every single individual on your list is interested in that product. So that's one of the main reasons. And then the other reason is just because you're not going to have 100% email open rates. It's very common to see open rates anywhere between about 15% and 40% with somewhere in the 20s or 30s being really average. And so what that just means is that 20 or 30% of the people who you send emails to will open them. And so of those 20 or 30%, a fairly significant percent ends up buying, but it ends up being a quite small percent of the total number of people who you emailed. The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions, and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. Okay, so let's move on and talk about the next 
conversion coefficient. And that would be if you do the same thing, but you're offering something free. So you email your email list or specifically your launch list with a free offer. You ask them to sign up for a free webinar or you offer them a free PDF or a free discovery coaching session. In that case, you can expect the offer to convert somewhere between two and 10% of the paid offer conversion rate. So what that would mean is that you would see it somewhere between 0.2% and at the highest about 20%. Somewhere between 0.2 and 20% of the people will opt in for your free offer. So again, if you're sending this to a thousand people, that means somewhere between two people and 200 people will end up signing up for your free offer. So of course it's much easier to get people to sign up for free offers and this can be a key way to build your relationship with your audience to get them more active and engaged and to even to figure out exactly what they want. The next conversion coefficient we're going to talk about is your webinar show up rate. So we just talked about your free offer conversion rate and that is what you would see for your webinar opt-in rate. So for example, if I sent an email to a thousand people inviting them to a free webinar, I would expect somewhere between two and 200 of them to sign up for this free offer. And you know, a smack in the middle of that would be 100 and that would be very common. So 100 people sign up for my webinar, but how many of those people actually show up for the webinar? Most commonly, that's around 30%. And now, of course, it could be a little less, as low as 20 to 25%. If you're any lower than 25%, then I would say you're doing something not quite right with your webinar because I'm sure you can get at least about 25% of the people who sign up for your webinar to show up for it since they said they were interested. At the high end, we will see a show up rate of about 50%. But most commonly, we see a webinar show up rate of in the 30s, 30 to 40%. And I want to especially point that out because I know a lot of people who do webinars, especially for the first time, they get 50 people to sign up for their webinar and then they are all excited about it and they do the webinar and then only 15 people show up. And they wonder, what did I do wrong? 50 people said they were gonna show up and only 15 showed up. But I want you to know that you're not doing anything wrong. That's really common. 15, 20 people, that's exactly the amount I would expect to show up for your webinar in that situation. The next conversion coefficient I wanna to bring to your attention is the webinar sales conversion rate. So we talked a little bit ago about the email sales conversion rate. How many people will purchase your product if you email blast them and offer it for sale? And that number was between 0.1% and 2%. So one to 20 sales if you were emailing a thousand people. The webinar conversion rate on the other hand, so this is the percent of the people who show up for your webinar, what percent of those people buy? It is between one and 20% which you might notice is 10 times the conversion rate of email. There are a few reasons for that, two specifically that I'll mention. The first is these people have already indicated that they are highly interested in your product and highly engaged since they have already taken you up on your free offer by signing up for your webinar and have in fact shown up for your webinar. So that's the first thing. They are super engaged, super active. And then the second thing is that you are telling them about your product live. You are showing it to them, you're explaining the benefits, you're explaining how it can help them, and then you're asking them to buy it. So it's very personal and direct 
and they feel the the positive pressure to make a decision right then. So it's a much more effective sales pitch. And so for those reasons, people tend to convert at about 10% the rate that they would convert if you just sent them an an email. And the most common, the average conversion rate we say in webinars is about 5%. If your webinar is converting at less than 5%, if your live webinar is converting at less than about 5%, then I want you to work on that because there are things you can do to convert your webinar audience at a higher rate. Now, if you are running an evergreen webinar, an automated webinar recording of your webinar, typically we see those convert at about half the conversion rate that we see live. So if you do a live webinar and it converts at 10%, you can expect a recording of that webinar to convert at about 5%. And then finally, the final conversion coefficient that I want to bring to your attention is the direct sales conversion rate. So this is the conversion rate you can expect if you are selling to people one-to-one. You are talking to one individual about their particular needs, their specific needs, and their specific desires, and how your product can help them. You're showing them your product. You're answering all their questions about it. In that case, the average conversion rates are between 10 and 50%. So as you can see, these are somewhere between two and 10 times the conversion rates that we see even on a webinar. And they are about 100 times the conversion rates that you see via email. And what that means for you, and I know I've mentioned this in a few episodes recently, is that if you have a small audience, you need to do as much direct sales as possible. And again, direct sales are just personal sales. It's just when you're speaking to one individual directly, you're having a personal one-on-one conversation with them. And that doesn't necessarily mean an in-person conversation. You can have this via Instagram DM, you can have it via email or via message on Facebook, any variety of personal conversation. Of course, it could be on the phone, but you're going to see conversion rates between 10 and 50%. And of course, that comes down to your effectiveness as a communicator, the relationship that this person already had with you prior to the conversation starting, the trust that they have of you, how well you are able to explain the product and how aligned the product is with their interests. And that is really going to be the main thing. Is this product what they're looking for? Does it solve a problem they actually have? Does it create the result that they really want? One last thing I'll just say about that specifically, if you are launching to less than a thousand people, I want you to prioritize direct selling over mass selling tactics. However big your audience is, you should do as much direct selling as possible because it is going to have such a higher conversion rate. However, the larger your audience is, the bigger that trade-off is, and the more people will choose to lean into and prioritize the mass selling tactics over the direct sales because they end up creating a higher volume of sales that way. So for example, if you have a million people on your email list, sure, you could spend some of your time doing direct selling, but even if you spent all your time doing that, you can only talk to so many individuals. Whereas if you invest your time and your energy into making your mass selling as effective as it can be and as high quality as it can be, then you will convert a higher percentage of that very large audience and that will end up resulting in more sales. 
But if you right now are listening and you have an audience of less than a thousand people, I want you to prioritize the direct selling over the mass selling. That doesn't mean you can't do any mass selling. You still can and should send emails to your entire list or at least your entire launch list. You can still put up content on your social media, you know, put posts on your Instagram or your Facebook that explain your product, that announce that it is for sale. That's good to do, but you're going to see the biggest results if you prioritize the direct selling over the mass selling. So now let's get into the equations. So there are several of these. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, though, they're pretty simple. They're pretty much all just multiplication. You're just going to be multiplying one of your variables times one of those conversion coefficients to get the answer. And then you'll use the answer in the next equation in most situations. We will be including these equations in the show notes, so be sure to look for that. But if you are in a position right now where you can write these down, then I'm sure that that is going to be the thing that will really reinforce these in your brain and help you to understand them most effectively. So the first equation is an equation for figuring out your webinar registrations. How many people are going to sign up for a webinar that you might put on? To figure this out, you're just going to multiply your launch list, the size of your launch list, times 0.02, which is 2%, okay? And as I explained earlier, there's certainly a range. It could be anywhere between about 1% and about 20%, but 2% is really common. So we're going to multiply your launch list times 0.02, and you'll figure out your webinar registrations. So for example, if your launch list is 1,000 people and you multiply that times 2, you can expect about 20 webinar registrants. Now, of course, the number might be way higher. These are conservative estimates, and I gave you those ranges earlier so that you can pick and choose between those ranges. So for example, if you know your audience is super engaged, then you could multiply this times 0.2 instead. And you can figure out that your webinar registrants might be about 200 people. On the other hand, if your list is very cold, you haven't been talking to them much at all, you're not really even sure if they're interested in the topic, then you might multiply your launch list size times 0.01, which would be 1% and come up with a number of 10 webinar registrants. But a conservative average number would be 2%. The next equation is to figure out what number of webinar attendees you will have. So this one's really simple. You're just gonna multiply the number of people who registered for your webinar times 0.3. So this will figure out 30% of your webinar registrants which will be the average number of webinar attendees. So for example, if 100 people had registered for your webinar, you multiply that times 0.3, and you figure out that you'll probably have 30 people actually show up. The next equation is to figure out how many sales you can expect if you are selling via email. So I'm sure you can expect how this works. You're going to multiply your launch list times 0.005. So this is going to figure out half a percent of your launch list. So let's say your launch list is 1,000 people. 1% would be 10 people. So half a percent would be five people. So if you are selling to 1,000 people, you could expect to make about five sales. The next formula is to figure out your sales on a webinar. 
So as I mentioned earlier, the average for webinar conversion rates is 5%. So you're just going to multiply your webinar show up number, how many people you're expecting to actually attend your webinar, times 5% or 0.05. And this will give you your webinar sales expectation. So for example, if you're expecting to have 100 people actually attend your webinar, so that's your show up rate, then you can multiply that times 5% and you'll figure out that you'll probably make five sales. On the other hand, if you were expecting to have a thousand people show up for your webinar, then that's going to result in 50 sales. The next formula is for figuring out what your direct sales rate would be. So if you are selling one-to-one, one person at a time, taking the time to actually have conversations with individuals, then what number of sales will you generate? So in order to figure this out, you need to multiply the number of personally engaged leads that you have. So the people who you are going to personally talk to times 20% or 0.2. And that will give you that direct sales total. So for example, if you have 10 engaged leads and you multiply that times 0.2, then you will make two sales. Now we have the formula for figuring out your total revenue. So your total revenue is going to be the number of sales that you have predicted you will make times the price of your product. Very simple. So if you're expecting to make 10 sales and your product is $200, then you will make $2,000. 10 times 200 is 2,000. You also need to figure out the total cost. How much is it going to cost you to make these sales? So in order to figure out your cost, you need to multiply the number of sales you are expecting to make times the cost for making each sale. Now this could include your advertising cost to generate each sale, and it certainly could include your materials to create each product that you sell, or any other costs or expenses that you have directly related to each sale. So for example, maybe you need to pay your customer service person for three hours of their time in order to make one sale. Or maybe you need to pay them for 30 minutes of their time for one sale. So you need to calculate, just add up your costs for each sale, then multiply that number times the number of sales that you're planning to make or expecting to make, and that will give you your total costs. And then finally, you can calculate your net profits by simply subtracting those total costs from the total revenue that you are expecting, and that will give you your profits. So for example, if you're expecting to make 100 sales and your product is $200, then you will expect to make $20,000. But each sale costs you, let's say, $30. So $30 times the number of sales you're planning to make or expecting to make times 100, that would be $3,000. So now you need to subtract the $3,000 from the $20,000 in revenue. So that is revenue minus costs. $20,000 minus $3,000 is $17,000. That is your net profit. Okay, so I know that that was a lot of numbers, a lot of math, probably a little bit difficult to follow via audio. However, like I said, we will be publishing all of these equations and also the conversion coefficients in the show notes for this episode. So be sure to look for that so that you can use these equations to calculate your launch. Now, if this is your very first time launching, then you likely won't be satisfied with the results of your launch math. 
You're going to run these numbers and they're going to be a lot smaller than you would like them to be. That is completely normal. The numbers might be a lot smaller than you'd like, or you might have a lot of unknown variables. There might just be a lot of blanks in these equations that you don't know what you should put there. And that is completely all right. Like I said, it's perfectly normal. In that case, I would recommend doing two things. First, if you have a lot of blanks, it's probably because you haven't launched before. Because once you have launched, you will start to have these numbers to fill in these gaps. If that is the case, then don't start out with a profit-oriented launch goal. Your first launch of a new product is an experiment. You need to validate your idea and determine whether there is demand for it or not before you'll be able to create predictable results with a launch. You're trying to predict the results of your launch. And that's simply impossible if you are doing something that is completely untested. If you're selling a product that you have no idea if there's demand for, if you've never launched it before. So just consider your first launch to be an experiment and don't start out with a profit-oriented launch goal. Second, when it comes to selling, use direct personal methods, not mass marketing tactics. As we discussed earlier, direct personal methods convert at about 10 times the rate of webinars and 100 times the rate of emails. When you're working with a small number of leads, it's important you communicate with them effectively to turn the highest percentage of them into customers possible. You can learn more about how to do both of these things through our accelerator program, Validate. We are currently enrolling people into the program. We have registration open for the next class of students, and we would love to have you join us. Validate is our incubator program that guides new entrepreneurs to beta launch their product, earn their first thousand dollars, and learn a lot in the process. We worked with our first class of students back in January and February of this year, and it was an incredible experience. Those students really brought their A-game and they made huge strides in their businesses. Many started out as newborn entrepreneurs with a zero experience, and by the end of the eight-week program, they had created and successfully launched their first products and made their first sales. A big part of what makes this possible is how closely we work with the students. Validate isn't a self-paced online course. It's an intense guided experience designed to get your business off to a successful, profitable start from quarter one. If you'd like to work with my team and me to launch your business, then get ready to grab your spot because Validate is currently enrolling and we only have room for 150 students. To be the first to get the chance to join, go to gillianperkins.com slash validate. Again, that's www.gillianperkins.com slash validate. We look forward to working with you to get your business off to an amazing start and set it up for long-term success. All right, well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. 
I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.